Hey there, I'm Whitney, your host of the Abundantly Yours podcast. I'm a college student and entrepreneur ready to strive for sainthood right alongside you. Jesus put this podcast on my heart as a way to serve you better, so I am so pumped that you are here. I'll be hanging with you every Monday to chat all things discovering your purpose, cultivating a relationship with Jesus, and everything else in between. Are you ready to fully step into who God created you to be? Let's do this, girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Today, we are going to chat all about the saints. Who are they? Why do Catholics pray to the saints? What does it mean to have a relationship with the saints? And more. Our wonderful guest for today's episode is Rebecca from Glory Be Prince Co. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Of course, I'm so excited to chat today. To start off, who are you, what do you do, and what season of life are you in? Just kind of share about yeah, who you are and so people can get to know you. Yeah, so as you said, my name is Rebecca. Um, I'm a current college student at Franciscan University of Steubenville. I'm studying elementary education, um, and I also run a Catholic business called Glory Be Prince, where I sell images of the saints. Um, I sell vinyl stickers, resources for families, teachers, all things like that. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So at the time this is being recorded, obviously my shop is in the process of closing down, but you know, I've, um, when I had my shop, I was able to, I had some saint stickers and stuff in there. And so like, I just think it's cool when you, you know, you have the saint stuff, you can actually have to like learn about the saints in order to even create things about them. Um, so yeah, I relate to you on having the, you know, the e-commerce kind of platform as that's what I used to do. Um, And now I'm focusing on my podcast. But yeah, I'm glad we kind of relate in that way. Yes, it's been such a great experience. Um, The Catholic community of creators is so big and so welcoming. And Uh there are so many great resources and items out there. It's just been such a blessing to be a part of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was so fun. And I'm so excited to move into a new role that's more fitting for my season of life. But yeah, I would definitely agree. There's so many beautiful creators that are just using their gifts, you know, in their own way to create such beautiful things for the Catholic community. All right, so let's dive in. Um, The first kind of question we have for you is, who are the saints um, and why do Catholics pray to the saints? Yeah, that's a really uh, foundational question. It's a question that is super important to ask because not everyone has an understanding of the saints. Um, Even myself, sometimes I, I have to keep reminding myself and going back to the documents from the church, um, resources that are there, just to remind myself who are these men and women that we call saints. So on a super basic level, super basic definition, um, a saint is a man or a woman who has lived a life of holiness. They're now in heaven and um, they have been declared by the church to be in heaven and approved for veneration. So what that looks like, the process for someone becoming a canonized saint is very specific, very thorough. Um, the church does an incredible amount of work uh, just to to make sure that these men and women have actually lived lives of holiness and uh, are people that we can look up to as Catholics. So just a short little bit about that process that we call it the canonization process. Um, it begins and the life of the person is examined. Uh, the church collects information about the person's life. These can include their writings, um, for example. They investigate that material through a theological lens. Uh, They eventually send those documents to the Vatican in Rome and then eventually to the Pope himself. And then at that point, if the Pope reviews the materials, uh, decides the person's life is worth sharing, uh, not not just worth sharing, but worth um, 
using and holding up as an example of holiness, uh, the person is then declared a venerable. So that's considered kind of the first step towards canonization. Um, at that point, if the, the person is approved, a miracle has been uh, prayed for and a miracle occurs in the person's name, um, then the next step for that is blessed. So you might hear me referring to somebody as blessed so-and-so at that point. And then the third step is saint. And at that point, the church would approve a second miracle. And then the person is canonized and becomes officially a canonized saint. So when we refer to St. Therese or St. Francis, St. John Paul II, uh, that's why that's where they are. Uh, more like generally, who are the saints is is such a broad question. Um, the individual, like the individuality, excuse me, of the saints mm -hmm. is so beautiful and so unique. Um, and I can't do it justice, uh, you know, describing all of the saints because they are so different uh, in that way. When uh, I have the opportunity to speak to middle schoolers preparing for confirmation, I usually speak about the saints. And one thing I like to have them do is imagine what a saint looks like to them, like close their eyes and literally physically imagine the, the physical characteristics of a saint or of someone who's holy. And a lot of the times what I hear across the board is that people are imagining someone who is older, someone who lived a long time ago, someone who lived in Europe, someone who has their life figured out, their vocation, maybe they're married or they're a religious sister or a nun or a priest. Uh, usually this image of a saint, they, the person would spend their entire day kneeling on a dark church floor praying. And that's just, that's just not the case. Um, <laughs> while that's a beautiful image of holiness and, and so accurate for a lot of the saints, that's not the only image of the saints. The saints were all across the board, um, all different ages, different countries, different walks of life, some as recently as 2012. So, you know, the yeah. image of the saints is like, who are the saints is Mm -hmm. such a broad question with such a broad answer. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that answer that one with who yeah, are the saints. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like even me as, you know, a 19 year old, I like, you know, yeah, I always think of the old, like, you know, being a saint, I think, oh, you have to be like living Jesus's time to be a saint. But it's like, that's absolutely not true because it's like, yeah, there's saints being made, you know, every single day. And it's just the fact that it's like, you know, sometimes yeah, because a lot of the, you know, saints that maybe we know of or, you know, are maybe have been canonized, yeah, back, way back, you know, hundreds of years ago when we weren't even, you know, alive or neither with our grandparents. And it's just like, I just think it's cool because it's like, it's not like the Catholic Church stopped. Like we are still, you know, saints are still being made and God is still working through every human, um, you know, I just think exactly, yeah. it's something that's so overlooked. Mm -hmm, for sure. All right. So our next question we have um, kind of about the entirety of this episode topic is what does it mean to have a relationship with the saints and how can you build a relationship with the saints? So you can start with one question first, if you would like, but yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Um, this is again, another super broad question yeah. that is so important to look at because uh, we talk a lot about having a relationship with the saints or praying to the saints. Mm -hmm. Um and I guess the first place to start would be, why do we even want to have a relationship with the saints? Why do Catholics pray to the saints? Um, and I think mm -hmm. there's a really important distinction to make here that Catholics do not worship the saints. Um, point blank, like 
end of sentence, Catholics do not yeah. worship the saints. Um, and any exaggeration of the term, we worship mm -hmm. God and God alone. Um, and so when we talk about the saints, uh, the saints are members of the body of Christ. We're all part of the communion of saints, which is this big, in the Bible, it's called a cloud of witnesses um, and that we are a part of. And so the saints, in a sense, as we're part of the family of, of God's family, the saints are our older brothers and sisters in Christ who have gone before us, who have, who have been there, done that, who have made their way to heaven, who have lived a life on earth. And now we look to them as examples and we pray that they intercede for us. So just wanted to put that out there, make the distinction that just yeah. clarify, you know, cause that yeah. can sometimes be a misunderstanding that we don't sure, worship yeah. the saints. Um, and then your question about like, what does it mean to have a relationship with the saints? Uh, it's really important to recognize that the saints aren't just statues. Uh, I like to mm -hmm. say St. Francis is not a birdbath. You know, um, <laughs> they're not just stained glass windows. Uh, and I think a lot of that is like we were just talking about how people have an image of the saints. And sometimes that mm -hmm. image of the saints is not, doesn't experience or it doesn't show the fullness of the beauty and the, mm -hmm. the, the dynamics of the communion of saints. So I think the first uh, step in having a relationship with the saints and understanding what that means is just to recognize that the saints, the saints are living or we're living, breathing people. And now they are alive in Christ in heaven. They're not just a book and a story mm -hmm. or a statue on your grandma's yeah. shelf. Right. Yep. So as uh, we learn about the saints and who they were, uh, we're able to have that relationship with them because they are alive as members of the church triumphant in heaven. And this isn't a formal thing. Like maybe the term having a relationship with the saints sounds super big and formal, but it's not, it's not actually as intimidating as that can sound. No. It's really simply just asking for their intercession in your life, um, incorporating them into your life, into your prayer life. And the way that you can build that relationship with the saints, uh, there are lots of different things you can do. The first one would be just learning about them. There are so many amazing resources out there, so many great speakers and yes. uh, programs, free programs, free videos on YouTube, um, resources like the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, we can learn about them through books and podcasts, movies, things like that. Just taking in their lives and really learning about who they were, what was the time period they lived in, what was their family life like, etc. Um, another way you can begin to build that relationship with the saints is just by surrounding yourself with images of the saints. So this can look like maybe having an image of your patron saint hanging on the wall. Um, you know, I mean, I sell stickers, so I'm partial to stickers, but putting a vinyl <laughs> sticker of the saint on your water bottle, little things like that to just surround mm -hmm. yourself with the beauty of the saints and remind yourself of their presence. Um, another yes. thing you can do is to visit shrines or places where they lived or worked. Um, saints didn't just live in Europe. The saints were lived all over the world. So wherever you are in the world, I guarantee you there's somewhere you can go visit where a saint lived and breathed um, in America, mm -hmm. places like Emmitsburg, Maryland with St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, Peoria, Illinois, Venerable Fulton Sheen. We've got Denver, Colorado, servant of God Julia Greeley was there. Places all over, even just the United States where the saints lived and breathed and, and worked and walked the streets. So go visit those places, visit those churches, go visit their home and be able to maybe form that more complete understanding of what the yeah. saint was like. Um, and the, excuse me, the last thing uh, would just be incorporating them into your prayer. This is not a big, I mean, it doesn't have to be a big formal prayer mm -hmm. and flowery, like the back of the prayer yeah. card, right? Uh -huh. This can be as simple as 
Um, St. Joseph of Cupertino, I'm about to start a test. You're the patron saint of test takers and students. Pray for me. Yep. Something like that. So just saint's yeah. name, pray for me. And then as you incorporate all of those things, you're going to begin to see and notice yourself forming a more solid relationship with the saints. Yes, for sure. Yes, I love that. I think that's all so practical. And like you said, just towards the end there about having, you know, your prayer does not have to be like, you know, just all this so long and so, you know, beautiful and all these things, you know, like something you would see yeah. on like Thou social media. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, you can just start simple. And that's something that I even like struggle with. I'm like, oh, like, was my prayer good enough? That should never be a question that goes through your head because, you know, God accepts a prayer as a prayer and not it, you know, how lengthy or how, you know, how much effort you put into it. Simply just going to God, you know, with the intercession of the, intercession of the saints, like, he loves that, you know? And so, yeah, I just definitely mm-hmm. think um, sometimes, yeah, I definitely feel that. I'm just like, like, oh, I don't have enough motivation to like make a perfect prayer, but there's no such thing as a perfect prayer, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the saints knew that too, right? Like we we have so many writings of the saints and quotes mm-hmm. from the saints and stuff, and we can see that even the saints struggled in their prayer and yeah. feeling like their prayer wasn't enough. And uh, we have saints let's see, Blessed Agatha um, Mm -hmm. is one, and she ended up being martyred for the faith. But Mm -hmm. she was martyred because she was a Christian, but the only thing she knew about her faith, and this is what she kept repeating over and over again to her, uh, like the people who had imprisoned her, she just kept saying, all I know is Jesus and Mary. All I know is Jesus and Mary. And that short phrase, Mm -hmm. which was all she knew about her faith and all all she could express was what ended up Mm -hmm making her into a saint, right? It's what ended up putting her on the path um, of canonization. And so I just think that's a beautiful example too. Like if, especially if we're praying to the saints for their intercession, Mm -hmm. like the saints were ordinary people. They were teenagers. They were Uh moms. They were dads. They were people who were here with us living this life. You know, they understand and they've had that experience too of feeling like their prayer wasn't eloquent enough, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel that. And yeah, even just recognizing that, like, I know you said this, I think, towards the beginning of the episode, but you mentioned, like, yeah, the saints weren't just old people. Like, you know, there were saints, like St. Teresa Lisieux became, you know, she died at 24, and in her 24 years of life, you know, she became a saint because of all, you know, all the glory she gave to God. And so, yeah, it's like, it doesn't matter what age you are. Oh, it's not like, you know, I'm going to just try to become a saint when I turn 25, because then I'm old enough to do so. It's like, no, you know, there are teenagers who became saints too. And you just think of like, even mama Mary, um, you know, she was a teenager when she had Jesus, like younger than I am. And when she became a mom and, you know, I was just like, sometimes it's just hard to believe that that's what actually happened because obviously, you know, it happened so long ago, but it's like, you know, God is still here today, you know? And yeah. I don't know. I just think it's so beautiful. And sometimes just it is hard to wrap your mind around. For sure. Today's podcast sponsor is Celeste Co., which in Latin means heavenly. The shop owner, Shayna, is a Catholic convert, wife, and mom to four. She saw a need for modest, wholesome Catholic apparel and goods, so she created beautiful products for women and children. You can find swaddles, onesies, t-shirts, and more on her website. Save 10% on your first purchase with code SAVE10. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Chalestico. 
All of her links are in today's episode description. Now back to the episode. So our next question is, how do the saints, as well as your relationship with the saints, impact your everyday life? Yeah, a big part of that would be the way they impact my prayer life. Um, Because I call on their intercession for lots of things, um, just as I'm a student, you know, and I'm studying for tests and I'm like, oh no, this paper is due in an hour and I haven't started. <laughs> things like that. Yep. I call on the saints um, with just all sorts of prayers. Or if I'm struggling with a season of um, struggling in prayer, uh, you know, Mother Teresa really struggled with that too. So I can call on her intercession. Um, if I am on a hike and I'm just experiencing the beauty of God's creation. And I know blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati and St. John Paul II both loved hiking and exploring mm-hmm. nature and they they saw God that way too. So I, you know, say St. John Paul II, pray for me. Blessed Pierre Giorgio, pray for me. Things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so definitely incorporating, uh, they definitely affect my prayer life mm-hmm. and the way I pray. Um, another big one would be just my, my business life. Like I said mm-hmm. earlier, I run Glory Be Prince, uh, which is a business centered all around the Catholic saints. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm constantly drawing images of the saints. Uh, If people are ordering custom orders, then I research those saints and I look into Mm -hmm. the symbols of that they're usually depicted with and incorporate those into my drawings. Um, And then also just sharing the lives of the saints uh, just on my business, social media, things like that with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Also, so uh, my social life definitely runs into that. If you know me for longer than 20 minutes, you know I'm probably going to end up talking about the saints or remembering a story mm-hmm. about the saints. So um, there. And then I guess another way would just be my professional life. Um, I'm studying to become a teacher and my mission is really to inspire my students to become saints. So mm-hmm. constantly looking for more resources about the saints that I can share with students or that I can create for students or mm-hmm. books that I can have in my classroom library to share with my students, yeah. things like that. So yeah, there, not a day goes by that I don't think about the saints or incorporate them in some some little way. Yeah, that's so cool for sure. And that's something that like, so for me um, in high school, I, I went to a public school. I didn't go to a Catholic school. Um, And so, you know, our faith was pretty much all on our own with the exception of we had our CCD classes on Wednesday nights. Um, And we talked a lot more about kind of like the reasonings of the Catholic church and just like, you know, why does the Catholic church do this? And why does the Catholic church do that? Um, And so I never really was taught a lot about the saints. Um, And so going to college, I was like, you know, this is something that I want to do, you know, I've, I know that the saints are such an important, like, part of the Catholic church. Um, And so that's something that I'm even, like, working on every day is, like, okay, you know, I feel like sometimes I just push it off. Like, oh, and I'm not busy. I'll start learning about the saints. But it's, like, no, I'm always going to be busy. And so that's something where, like, right now I'm reading I Believe in Love by St. Trez. It's a St. Trez of Lisieux book. Um, And I just started the other day, and I was, like, wow. I'm, like... I'm literally a chapter in and I'm just so amazed at just her life and just the way that, you know, and it's just one saint. I'm like, and there's so many saints to learn about. And so it's something that I'm personally working on is to, yeah, make my everyday life revolve like completely and 110% around my Catholic faith um, because I'm not perfect, um, but also to incorporate just the saints' lives and to share those with other people. 
it's such a rich tradition of our faith, um, just the, the communion of saints. And we're not required to pray for the saints' intercession by any means. Um, yeah. But the question is like, why wouldn't you pray to the saints, right? Yeah. If we have these examples of holiness um, who have been there and done that, why would we not want their guidance? I uh, This semester, I'll be studying abroad in Austria. Um, and I've never been outside uh-huh. of the country before. I've never studied abroad before. So I... Yeah. I only know what I know, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, my friends just got back from Austria last semester. They studied there last semester. They've now done that. And I have been asking them for all sorts of help. I've been texting them all of my questions. They've been sending Uh me like notes from their phones. I've gotten lunch with them, read all their tips and tricks and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think a similar idea applies to the saints, right? Like I'm on my journey to heaven. I am here and now living it. Yeah. I have these saints who have the the tips, right? They've written yep. the books on the prayer life and they've reached the destination and it's been glorious and they are now in heaven with yeah. their maker. So why, if I'm going to do that on earth, I'm going to reach out to people who have been there and done that and ask for help from experienced yeah. people. Why would I not do the same thing in my spiritual life? Right? So mm-hmm. it's just such a blessing that we have these men and women that the church has recognized as mm-hmm. models and exemplars for us. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely agree. And even, you know, kind of like, like you said, you know, they just walked through that. So that's who I'm going to ask for help. But there's even like, you know, there's a saint for everything. There's a saint for athletes. There's a saint for students. There's a saint for everything. So if there's something particular that you struggle with, go on catholic.org or find, just go to Google and type, you know, who is the patron saint of, you know, struggling with prayer and just, you know, find that because there's someone who has struggled with that, who is now a saint, you know, and there's, I just think it's like, you can find a saint buddy, you know, find a saint, just start there, find one saint and just get to know them. And that's something that I'm doing. And I, um, chose St. Teresa Lisieux and there's more on that to come later. But, um, so it's like, I'm just going to start with one because it can be very overwhelming, but, you know, I think just getting to know a saint on a very personal level is, probably the best way to go and to, you know, take them through prayer and take them through your struggles and take them through everything because, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to ascent and there's a lot that they've, yeah, like you said, that they've gone through. So, so our next question is, can I be a saint? If so, how? Yes, 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 yes. If I could say yes, a bajillion more times, I would say yes. Um, (laughs) I'm so passionate about this. Yes, you can be a saint. Anyone who's listening can be a saint. I can be a saint. My neighbor can be a saint. Anyone can be a saint. And not only can they be a saint, not only can you be a saint, you should be a saint. Um, That's not like a a threat, like you should be a saint. But no, really, like you should be a saint. Um, Mm -hmm. When we talk about a saint right now or up to this point, we've only talked about saints who are canonized which we went through that process in the beginning, right? They went from venerable to blessed to canonized as a saint. Uh, There's a a broader term for the the word saint too that we recognize as a saint is anyone who is in heaven. So kind of like a a lowercase s, saint. Um, So in that sense, we are all called to be saints to reach heaven. Uh, Not very many of us, if any of us uh, listening to this right now will be canonized saints, but all of us can and should be saints, we should reach heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, Father Blake Britton is a priest. He has a podcast as well. I I like his writings and stuff. Um, 
he he has a quote that I wrote down because it was so profound to me. And he said, mm -hmm. to settle for anything less than sanctity is to assault our dignity. Um, what he means by that is just our call is to heaven. We were created. God made us to know him, to love him, to serve him in this world and to be happy with him forever in heaven. And so if we do not become a saint, if we do not strive for sainthood, or we do not strive for seven, for, mm -hmm. for heaven, <laughs> we are essentially assaulting our dignity. We are going against what we were created to do. Um, but the way that every person looks and can become a saint looks different for everyone. Like we were talking yeah. about in the beginning, just the diversity of the saints. Um, mm -hmm. The way that you are a saint is going to be the different, is going to be different from the way I am going to be striving to be a saint is going to be different mm -hmm. than the way my friend is going to be striving to be a saint. Um, there's a, a really famous quote. I don't know if you've heard it. It's by G.K. Chesterton. And he says, how monotonously alike are all the tyrants of the world and how gloriously different are the saints. So just again, how monotony, monotonously alike are all the tyrants of the world, mm -hmm. but how gloriously different are the yeah. saints. And I think we can really see that when we start to dive into the lives of the saints, mm -hmm. um, especially specific saints. So if we take St. Peter, the apostle, and his passion and his fire for spreading the gospel, that looks so different from St. Catherine of Siena, who was also passionate and fiery about spreading the gospel. Two different centuries, two different countries, two different stories. They were both spreading the gospel with passion in such beautifully different ways. If we take Blessed Carlo Cudis, who was a teenager who was recently canonized last year, um, he died in 2005. So he's a super recent saint, played the with a play, he played on a PlayStation, excuse me, he had dogs, he made YouTube videos, computer programming, all that stuff. The way that he evangelized in that way with the internet is so different from the way St. Dominic evangelized as he walked on foot 3,000 miles to go spread the gospel. They were both yeah. evangelizing and spreading the gospel in two drastically different ways. We have St. Thomas Aquinas, who is renowned, uh, not just among Catholics, but also just in the world as one of the greatest philosophers um, and thinkers that we've had. And we talk, we think about his intellect and the way that he, he talked about God in that way. That's so different than, like I shared earlier, blessed Agatha, who all she said and all she knew was, all I know is Jesus and Mary, right? The way they knew God mm -hmm. was different and they're both saints. And uh, we have servant of God, Darwin Ramos, who uh, spread joy um, throughout his community, um, he died when he was, I don't remember the age, I think it was 2011 though. Uh, he was confined to a wheelchair and just the way that he evangelized and spread joy was so different than uh, St. Moses the Black, who was a, an abbot um, in Egypt, I believe, uh, who he used to be a bandit. He was big and strong and tough and would fight off people the way that, that I mean, they were so physically different, but they both spread yeah. the love of Jesus and just like a last example would be um, St. Zelie and the way that she cared for her children in her home. She was the mother yeah. of St. Therese. Um, mm -hmm. The way she served in that way is so different than the way that St. Gianna served. She was mm -hmm. a doctor and in the professional field and also had children. And just, just those few examples of how different the saints are 
is so mm-hmm. incredible and mind-boggling yeah, to me. For um, sure. Just the idea that I don't have to be exactly like one of them, mm-hmm. but by following their example, I'm still becoming more like Christ. I'm still becoming more of who I am, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't become saints in spite of who we are. We become saints because of who we are. Yeah. I think it's just, yes, you can be a saint. Um, yeah. And how is really up to you. I mean, there are some obvious things that we need to keep in mind, like reception of the sacraments and mm-hmm. prayer. Um, you know, we can explore the lives of the saints, pray for their intercession. Those are things that are kind of non-negotiable as well, sacraments yeah. and prayer. Um, yeah. But the specific way that we become saints is so unique to ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, to our own story. And I'm so excited to see the, this generation of saints and to be a part of this and to read yeah. the stories of the saints that are still being formed every day. So yes, you can be a saint. If you take one thing away from this, you can be a saint. Not only can you be a saint, you should be a saint. Yes. That's amazing. Wow. That was beautiful. I definitely relate to, um, yeah, like how you said, every saint is a saint. They became a saint in a different way, you know? And that's something that I think like just putting it more into like practicality and like society is like one thing that our society struggles with is comparison. And it's like that one quote you mentioned about how all the saints are just completely different. And that's how we should be. We shouldn't be trying to be like every other, you know, classmate or all of our roommates. We should be embracing who we are because, you know, that's who God wanted us to be is us. He wanted me to be me and he wanted you to be you. And so, you know, just even just by starting with that too is finding out who you are with Jesus. So that way, you know, you can be you. And then as soon as you know, you are you, you can start just sharing God even more and sharing your experience. Not that you can't before that, but that's something that at least I struggle with. And I think a lot of people struggle with comparison is like, you know, it's just something that's, I think, becomes such a, such a, not an illness in our society, but it's just something that's almost become too much of a reality and people are too scared to be themselves because of what other people are going to think of them. The only person's opinion that matters is God. And I shouldn't have to let, and I am working on not letting anyone else, you know, tell me what they think because God, God's opinion is the only one that matters of me. And I want to embrace that so that I can be who I am without letting someone else's opinion say, oh, well, you can't do this or you can't say that just because of, you know, the season of life God is calling me to or, you know, so it's like, just be yourself. And that's how you can become a saint. Be yourself, live with God. Yeah. Pursue the sacraments and prayer and share the gospel. It's just so easy and you will be a saint. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not to say that there aren't parts of ourselves that we need to conform more closely to Christ. Like that's not to say that we're perfect uh, because we're not. Um, Cause I think it's easy to fall into like that opposite trap too. Like, Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm fine the way I am, you know? Um, there's like this, this delicate balance. And this is where I really look to the saints to find like where, where they, how they express themselves as themselves, mm-hmm. right? Like as a unique yeah. individual who was called to a unique path to sainthood um, while also conforming themselves more closely to Christ. And I think that's the the age old question of a Christian is yeah. how do I maintain that balance and how do I mm-hmm. live according to what Christ has called me to. So yeah. it's beautiful and hard and, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's so different for every person. Exactly. Yeah, I would agree. 
110%, I will agree. <laughs> um, okay, so this is like my <laughs> one of my favorite questions of the episode. I and mean, I'll let you go first, but who is your favorite saint and why? I feel like, you know, I really feel like this is a loaded question, right? Like, <laughs> I have so many favorites. How can I pick one? Uh-huh. Um, is it okay if I cheat a little and give a couple? I- go for it. <laughs> I couldn't pick just one. So uh, my middle name is Therese. So I know everyone loves Therese. Like what's not to love about her? So definitely Mm -hmm. she's one of my favorites Um, in my business logo. I have some roses and those are a nod to St. Therese. She's one I grew up with. um, Uh So definitely her. Uh, Recently also I've been loving St. Mary Magdalene. Just the, the image of what it would have looked like after Jesus's resurrection. So she's in the garden and she's praying and she's so sad because Jesus's body is, is gone. We know that he's risen, but she didn't know that at the time. And she sees this man coming towards her and she thinks he's a gardener as it says in the gospels. And so she, she goes up to him and she's like, where have they taken Jesus? Like, where have they taken this man who has given me so much, who has, who has restored his, his mercy. He's given me his mercy. He's loved me so well. So she goes up to this man frantic and it turns out it's Jesus. And all he says to her is Mary. And I just, I just love imagining that, that scene in prayer, like what that would have looked yeah. like for Mary to realize that her God and King is standing before her. Um, mm-hmm. And the way he calls her name, like, I just imagine how joyful that like the hug must have been, right? Like, oh my gosh, Jesus, he's alive. Like you have risen from the dead, as you said, just the overwhelming joy that's there. I absolutely love St. Mary Magdalene. Um, St. Peter too, his passion, his, his fieriness for the faith. And he's always the first apostle to jump in and be like, no, like Jesus, I'll defend you and stuff. And, and just watching the way he grows throughout the gospels and then into the new, uh, the other books of the new Testament, he's becoming the eloquent one, the one who's speaking and preaching and drawing all these apostles in. So him, and then I know, I, I know this is more than one saint. Um, last right. one I'll say is Venerable Matteo Farina is one that I've been learning a lot more about. Um, he died in 2012, excuse me, 2012. Um, he was 19 years old. He was just about the most average, normal 21st century kid you can imagine. He had a girlfriend. He had friends. He sung in a rock band. Um, he, I mean, just all around average normal kid, but then you look at his writings and they're so profound, just the way he talks about wanting to live as a Christian and his friends weren't living as a Christian. So how does he bring Christ to them um, and meeting them where they're at? And I think he's, he's definitely one that I have grown to love recently as well. Oh, and St. Faustina. Sorry. That was five. I'll stop now. That's just fine. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, I love St. Teresa Lisieux, um, but the main reason, kind of tell my story with her. Um, so last October, before her feast day, I did a lot of reading on who she was, and especially just her being a young woman of the Catholic Church. Um, and this is when I had first kind of started bringing saints into my um, shop that I had. Um, and she was the first one that we had. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to learn so I can create content about these saints. Um, which was a blessing. Just go learn about the saints, no matter if you have to write Instagram posts about them or not. But um, <laughs> yes, I yeah, for sure. So I prayed her novena. Um, and when it was over, I could still feel her like sitting on my shoulders, like 
you know, kind of just there with me. And that was like a really hard season of my life. Um, so I just kept learning about her. Um, and her life was way harder than mine was what I was going through. So that's where I pulled one of her quotes. And one of her quote is, remember nothing is small in the eyes of God. Do all that you do with love. And so that's something that I strive for every single day because it's easy to think that our problems are too small for God to handle or anything, but really he doesn't have anything else to worry about but us and, you know, but you and your small problems. Like he is here for me as an individual and you as an individual because we are his sons and daughters of Christ. Um, And so right now I'm currently reading I Believe in Love, like I mentioned earlier, um, and I'm really not much of a reader at all. Um, but I'm already a chapter in and I'm just like speechless. It just kind of goes over all about God's love and how much he actually loves us as an individual and how much, you know, we should be loving him in return. Um, so if you guys want to read that book, go read it because it's amazing. I'm not going to spoil it, even though I'm only a chapter in, but it's so good. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, St. Therese, I feel like so many people love her and for such a good reason, right? Like, and I think everyone, when they get to know St. Therese, they're struck by something different about Mm -hmm. her, you know, like she only lived for 24 years. Um, It's not like she had like a whole bunch of life to live that we know a lot about, but her story is so moving. Um, Mm -hmm. I just heard recently, I can't remember, I think I read it the other day that on her deathbed, St. Therese's sisters, like the other sisters in the convent were talking about her. And one of the sisters was like, what are we going to write like in her obituary? Like we don't, she didn't do anything. Like she was just a a nun. Like she just uh-huh. sat there. She was young. She was sick. Like she's, she's dead. We didn't see anything amazing from her. Like the sisters didn't even know what to write in her obituary. Yeah. And here we are years and years and years later still so profoundly touched by the way that she mm-hmm. loved Christ. You know, yeah. it's just, I don't know. Also her favorite food was chocolate eclairs. And so I'm like right there. Yes. We're meant to yes. Be <laughs> right? <laughs> you go girl, right? Yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. I just think, like you said, even everyone finds their own piece of the saint that sticks to them. And I just think that's the beautiful part because even you know, whether you're super close with the saint or even just if you kind of bring it back down to like a very like human level, it's like, you know, there's a reason you have a relationship with your roommate or your friend, or, you know, there's a reason because there's something that really, you know, that, you know, each your personalities that just click. And that's the same thing. And there's so much to uncover about just one individual, one person, even just yourself, you just sit back and you know, I always think of when people ask me like, well, who are you? You know, what do you start saying? You usually say things that you know, like, oh, I did this and I did that. But no, like, who are you? I remember that was kind of the theme of mm-hmm. um, Seek last year. The opening was, who does God say that you are? Something like that. And it's like, no, not just like all the things that you've accomplished or, you know, the way you were raised or the siblings that you have. That's not who you are. You are a daughter of God. And what characters did he give you and what you know qualities and gifts and talents did he give you that make you and not just, you know, the things that you accomplish. Yeah, exactly. I love, I love what you said. Like, there's a reason we're friends with our, our living friends today. Like I can text my friends and there's a reason that we're friends because there's something that is drawing us together. There's a Mm -hmm. relationship that's been formed there. And it's the same way with the saints. I, so many times I read the writings of the saints and I, I put down the book and I'm like, wow, like this saint knew how to put into words what my heart didn't know how to say. 
right? Like this ain't, this ain't got me. This ain't, you know, like, and so that is just like fuel to continue pursuing the writings of that saint and the way they loved Mm -hmm. Christ and begin to model that in my own life. But yeah, I love what you said there about just the parallel between our our human, our living, well, not that the saints were human or living, but our current (laughs) friendships with those who are still on earth and our friendships with the saints who are in heaven. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Amazing. All right. So as we're wrapping this episode up a little bit, what is one piece of advice that you want every Catholic young woman to know? Yeah. Um, this is such, such a big question, right? Like if I could say one thing, um, I think I would just reiterate basically everything I've been saying. And we talked about this a lot more um, earlier, but just that you are called Mm -hmm. to be a saint and that's not a burden. It's a joy. It's, it's so fulfilling and can be hard at times, but, but you are called to be a saint. You are called and created to live forever with God in heaven. And um, not only that, but, but we need you, the church needs you and your unique call and your unique mission. So please just start embracing that. Start, start praying about it. Start just being open to the call. If there's anything, um, just a simple prayer is just come Holy Spirit or Lord, do what you do with me, do what you will with me. Um, Just, just that reminder, if there's one thing you take away, just that you are called to be a saint. And that is such a joy and such a blessing. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And I hope that you wouldn't either. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that. Um, So yeah, before we wrap up, where can everyone find you? Um, Where do you want people to go? If you're on Instagram, Etsy, let us know where you want us to go find you. Yeah. So uh, my business is Glory B Prince, Glory B-E, like the prayer, Prince. Um, my social media handles are all Glory B Prince. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Pinterest. And then my website is just glorybprince.com. And from there, you can get to my Etsy shop. Um, you can get to the work I've done with our Sunday Visitor Publishing. I have a children's book, um, several other resources out there for you and your family, um, just as you grow on the journey to sainthood. You can also reach out to me there uh, via email or Etsy messages, my website, especially if you're wanting to learn more about the saints or find a saint that, you know, may speak to you. I would be happy to chat with you. Uh, So I look forward to seeing you there. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad you could share your story with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Of course. Hey girl, we've made it to the end of this episode of the Abundantly Yours podcast. If this episode touched your heart in any way, I would love it if you could head on over to subscribe and leave a review. That way you'll never miss another episode. Be sure to go follow me on Instagram at abundantly.yours for more. See you next time.